Welcome to the MedTech Hub. I'm your host, Daniela, and I'm here to teach you everything you want to know about MedTech. Remember that I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give medical advice. Please always consult with your physician. Have you ever been to the hospital and put into a tube of a big machine? You had to lie down in this narrow space to get a scan. Maybe you were even a bit claustrophobic. If you want to find out what that machine was, or maybe you do know the name, but you don't know how it works, you've come to the right place. I'm here to explain what that big machine was and what it is used for. First of all, there are two types of machines that could have been the machine you were put into. But don't worry, if you don't remember, there's a simple question you can ask yourself to identify the diagnostic method used in your case. Was your scan a few minutes long or more like 45 minutes to an hour? Did they give you earphones due to the loud noise? If you have an answer to those questions, I can tell you what the machine was you were put into and how it works. Well, if the scan was long and loud, you had an MRI. If the scan was short and quiet, it was a CT. Let's start with the CT. A CT scan is essentially an X-ray, the one you get if you have broken bones. CT stands for computed tomography because it takes pictures and slices throughout the body and the computer needs to do the calculations to reconstruct or glue together the slices to create a 3D image. Sometimes it is better to get a 3D detailed vision of the bones in your body and sometimes it is not indicated, for example in the case of a simple bone fracture in your arm or leg. If the fracture is more complicated or in the case of a severe accident, doctors use a CT scan instead of the two-dimensional image an ordinary x-ray would provide. CT scans can also be used in other cases, but that is another episode in itself. A CT or the X-ray imaging technique are both based on the absorption of electromagnetic radiation. Within the range of electromagnetic radiation are also the X-rays or originally named Röntgen rays after Wilhelm Konrad Röntgen, who discovered the principle in 1895. If you're interested in the history of X-rays, I'll do another episode about that. So for an X-ray to work, you have two sides, the X-ray tube that produces the radiation and a detector on the other side. The electromagnetic radiation moves through your body and gets absorbed by dense tissue, for example, your bones. Any soft tissue, on the other hand, for example, fat, is easy to penetrate for the X-rays. When the radiation arrives at the detector, areas who absorbed a lot of the X-rays appear lighter because there isn't enough left to darken the detector. Areas with soft tissue, on the other hand, let through a lot of radiation that darkens the detector. A CT scan, as well as X-ray images, produce radiation that may cause some damage. When I say damage, I don't mean instantaneous damage, but rather damage that could introduce errors in the DNA and might manifest as cancer later. Of course, a lot of things could produce a similar effect, for example, long-distance flights or smoking cigarettes. That is the reason why CT or X-ray only are indicated if the use is greater than the risk. In the case of injury or a medical condition, it is usually indicated. That is the reason why doctors are especially cautious or hesitant to do X-rays on children because they are still in development. If you ever had one of those done, it was probably necessary, so don't worry. CT scans are often used after accidents to rule out bleeding and broken bones. It's quick and will probably help save your life in those situations. I will make another episode about the radiation of X-rays and CTs and explain why those imaging techniques are used with caution. Now, let's talk about MRI, Magnetic Resonance Imaging. 
This technique is used to look at soft tissue, for example fat, the brain or our vascular system. Especially for brain imaging it is the method. Let's start at the beginning. We and everything around us consists of atoms. The simplest atom is hydrogen, also called H. It has one proton in the nucleus and one electron circling around the center. Water, or H2O, is what makes up 70% of our body. Two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom come together to form H2O. So we are mostly hydrogen atoms. Those atoms spin like a spinning top. You probably also know about magnets. You have a north and a south pole. And if you have a needle in a compass, it will align with the magnetic field of our Earth and point to the North Pole. In the MRI, a magnetic field is applied. This tips over our spinning hydrogen atoms into one direction, as if you would tip over the spinning top or like the needle in the compass that aligns and points north. If we switch off the magnetic field, the spinning tops can stand up again. But those hydrogen atoms standing up have to do that in the surrounding tissue, for example, fat. And that is harder and takes a longer time. You could imagine a compass in honey. That would take a longer time for the needle to point north. We can measure when the hydrogen atom returns to its original position because while returning to that position it sends out a signal. We also know the different times the hydrogen atom needs in different tissues. Therefore we know in what type of tissue the hydrogen atom is located. And this creates an image of our different soft tissues. Our brain is mostly water, up to 85%. Our bones on the other side consist of around 20% water. This is why MRI is an excellent method to diagnose health issues in the brain, but rather bad when it comes to broken bones. MRI does not up to this point report any side effects and is therefore usually even safe for pregnant women. Of course, this was a very simplistic explanation as to what happens in an MRI. If you're interested in more details, I'll make another episode going into more detail in different stages of difficulty. An MRI is not used that often because it is quite expensive and it takes a long, long time to create an image. And that's why only a few patients can get images of one MRI machine during the day. I hope you can now identify which imaging technique was used to identify your health issue. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you gained some new insights on MRIs and CTs today. Next week, I'll talk about a device a lot of you probably already use every day. I'm talking about the Apple Watch or similar other watches and their ECG measurement. I'll explain what an ECG is, how to use the one from the Apple Watch and if it is reliable. Please also follow me on Instagram at the underscore I'm your host Daniela and I'll talk to you in the next episode.